Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with Who Won Horror in 1988? Here we go. We, we went from 2005, took a, took a time machine back to 1988. Yeah, well, we did 87, but this year is super intriguing it's a very interesting strange wonky (laughs) off kilter kind of year um so we're gonna decide who had the best year in horror whether it's an idea a person a director actor right Mm -hmm. but before we do that i want to try a little game on you Right. Mm-hmm. So I have a list of some of the movies from this from this year. I want you to guess which one of these was featured on the cover of Fangoria as the highlight of 1988 out of these movies. You ready? Okay. Do you know this answer? Nope. Okay. So 1988 had Child's Play, The Blob, Maniac Cop, Monkey Shines, Serpent in the Rainbow, Pumpkinhead, Friday the 13th Part 7, New Blood, Fright Night 2, Halloween 4, Howling for Elm Street for Phantasm Two, out of those movies, what do you think? Who do I think? Which one of those movies is the ba- like? Is uh, Monkey Shines? Monkey Shines. That you because I'm asking you this. That seems like that would be an answer. It's actually Fright Night Two. Oh, out of all those, they were they were really excited about Fright Night Two, which is a better than than sequel than people gave her credit for but like the fact that it wasn't the blob or like i don't know if they covered him in the other ones but or halloween four or any of that. this is a weird mix of movies um but i did what we did last time we did this i did it in tears so like bronze silver gold and in the bronze position i'm gonna call this two different things i i didn't know which one to call it the most i'm gonna say the best year horror was had by Either round monsters or <laughs> real teenagers. Okay, so the round monsters and the real teenagers are in the same two movies: The Blob and Pumpkinhead. And and I love the round monsters and the creature design. You can't get away from the Blob remake is incredible. Pumpkinhead is is incredible. The 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 combination between something so original like Pumpkinhead and something that was basically a remake, but maybe the best remake in terms of quality from the original to the remake because the yeah. original blob or oh, you can admit this to each that's other steve that's steve mcqueen's that's one of steve mcqueen's first you tread lightly <laughs> son of a this this movie is pretty terrible but um <laughs> it's legendary for the time it was one of the scariest movies you could come across at the time so there's a lot of fond memories for it but i think the remake is really good it's friggin russell and frank darabont right so like i mean just at the beginning of of their game his I think Russell's debut was Elm Street 3, <laughs> right? So wow. this is uh, horror royalty here. Um, I almost put Frank. That was almost one of the people I was going to pick was Frank Darabont. As a winner. Yeah. Right. So so I love the monster design. But what I really want to shout out here is I want to shout out the fact that these movies, these two movies, I, I weirdly discovered that they're chock full of real authentic teenagers i have become so sick 
of the cynical teenagers. You don't like them. looking at thirty-year-olds in high school. <laughs> no. You don't want. You don't like the dear Evan Hansons. Dear Evan Hansen <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't. But also, the whole. I know what you did last summer. They don't. They don't do the right thing. They don't behave the way teenagers. Like some teenagers would not do the right thing. Clearly, but mm-hmm. there's a subset of teenagers that's rarely portrayed in horror where they don't fall down the stairs. They don't make all stupid decisions. Right. They're not completely immoral and unethical. They, the teenagers in Pumpkinhead and the Blob are basically trying to do the best they can in the given circumstances and actually do the best they can mm-hmm. under the given circumstances. They talk like teenagers that I've known. They act the way that you'd expect them to. It's just so refreshing compared to either the way too glossy superhero kind of teenager portrayal or now the new horror portrayal or whatever, which is part of why Fear Street worked so well is it was the first time in a while that I had turned in, tuned into something that like did had the same feel because yeah. even movies I enjoy like scary stories that tell the dark, I've never met a single child that acted in any way that those people act in that movie. <laughs> right. Right. Like they're not, they're not people. They're characters who are moving the plot along or trying to get you to a scare scene or whatever. But yeah, I'm just really impressed by how well handled these are. This is Stan Winston's directorial debut pumpkinhead right and one of the most amazing things about this movie is that stan winston went to his his own effects place and said i'm now your client you make the creature i'm giving you full creative control and let them do it no way and then he shot it as a director which is fucking amazing that is cool right like all of this the originality of it pumpkinhead's not a perfect movie but as time has progressed and we've gotten less and less likely, like, I mean, I just want, if you just, if you watch, here's a double bill for you. If you watched The Blob or more mm-hmm. better Pumpkinhead, because I think that's the real jewel of, of the teenager part of what I'm talking about. If you watch Pumpkinhead and watch how they, they behave, by the way, Lance Hacker's performance is incredible, right? But if you watch, and he's not a teenager, I'm just, it just occurred to me <laughs> he's, that I, he's I, one of those old teenagers. Mentioned, in the I movie. hadn't mentioned him yet. But <laughs> but if you, I think that I, it's it's my, I think it's my favorite performance. But it, if you if you watch this movie and then you go watch any of the later Jurassic worlds, like Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, or whatever, mm-hmm. and how those people are behaving, and how these people are behaving, you know where the real people are. Mm-hmm. And you know where the fake people are. Right. Right. You'll see it. It'll be clear as day if you just watch those two movies back to back. So anyway, I want to shout. I wanted to give the bronze to it was a great year for actual teenagers and horror. Good for them. Now, now, if you want to be a teenager, you have to be, you know, a super well looking 32 year old <laughs> with rich family that can get you plastic surgery to keep you. Totally. You know. Look where we've arrived. Where, where we were. Look good and right I mean the blob, the round monsters part, the creature design, unparalleled. The blob, amazing. But there's a scene in the blob where the blob is attacking a woman in a phone booth, and it is so unique. It is such a perfect little segment of its own, and it's got the, such a cynical, dark ending for such a fun, thrill ride kind of movie. It's just so interesting. Love it. I. I, I like 88 just for that. All right. What's what's your 88 is a weird year. man. I was, <laughs> I was looking through this year. Like, man, what am I like 2005 for some reason it was really easy. Yeah. And I kind of struggled this year, like with this year trying to find out like what angle. Cause 
I think for 2005, I gave it all all of my awards to like ideas. Like I right. gave it to like six minute abs for Ryan Reynolds yeah. and and that, and that kind of thing. Uh, so I do have some people Good. in this one. I'm I have, it my to. next one is, and then I have some ideas in this one. So for my bronze, and if you if you're a listener to the show, you know I'm not the biggest fan of the Child's Play series. Oh, interesting. I didn't know you were going here. We don't know what we're gonna. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this some, is fascinating. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we like the, 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 this, the for this one. We the element of surprise. <laughs> um, I love the remake, but I was not a big fan of the original ones. I just never really connected with them. Like whatever you're too young for that anyway yeah but i'm giving the bronze to scaring the absolute shit out of me throughout my whole entire childhood <laughs> to, to, to child's play because even though i don't really? like i don't like the the franchise right but i'll be damned if growing up i was not mortified of the chucky doll that's growing so interesting up. and i have like four three to four very vivid memories of being out in public where they had a Chucky doll and completely like un- being unwaved. Like I remember, do you guys, do you remember Perkins? Yeah, of course. Like, I don't know if that was nationwide or like a Midwest thing, but I, I remember in the, at our Perkins, you'd walk in, which was like a diner. It was like an IHOP. Yeah. Dinery kind of, kind right? of vibe. Was it like an IHOP? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> really. I mean, they had, they actually had like a, like a display with like desserts. And I don't think we ever got any desserts because I was always getting chicken fingers. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I remember they had a, a Chucky doll in the claw machine when you first walked in. Oh. And I remember being like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> like, like, here's the kid trying to get, you know, some, some, some nugs. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to get the pants scared off of you. And then I remember being in second grade. <laughs> we were in second grade. We were in the library. And I remember this girl named Sheila had a Chucky doll in her backpack and she just whipped it out and it was pandemonium. <laughs> like everyone was like, no, what are you doing? Sheila, put that shit back. In your <laughs> Sheila, we are in the second grade. What are you doing? What the hell are you doing? This is awesome. Um, so it's, I, I think it's an interesting concept that there's a franchise of movies. Because we were just talking the other day. Uh, it was actually when they were doing Elvira's thing. I, was, I, yeah. I wanted it. It was the weekend. I wanted to have something on. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was at my computer, and, and uh, I was you know, flipping through some channels, and I saw that Child's Play uh, ended up being a marathon. They were on the USA channel. They were in Child's Play 1, and okay. they went into Child's Play 2. And you know, I threw it on, and it's still, I, it's still, I, 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 I appreciate it. Sure. I, I understand that, like, you know, it's a competently made movie. It's sure. just it's just not, like, one of my totally. my, my favorites. Right. But, like... Like, you're a huge Fright Night fan, so it's not like it's a... Right. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. But I, I, I think it's it's so interesting how you can not be interested in something, but it can... Like, the Chucky doll dominated fear. Right. Like, for that age. That's so interesting. It's really funny. We were talking about the balance of, like, the Delta variant <laughs> of COVID. Yeah. And yeah. I felt, like, infection yeah. versus, you know, spreadability. Right. And for lethality Chucky, versus spreadability. Right. Yeah. And, and I felt like Chucky, at one point in time, had the lethality, like, the scare <laughs> factor. And then as I got older, it kind of tipped back into here. That's interesting. And I... And, I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's worthy of of a bronze oh, medal, like yeah. scaring kids for you know. Decades. I wonder how many of these you can say that about. I, I that would be because like it's it, it, sorry so fascinating. Yeah, because like I remember around that same time, like um, you would catch you know reruns of like Nightmare on Elm Street, right? You know one, you know right one through four, you know, whatever on like the Sci Fi Channel, right? And like I remember a few vivid scenes and like that being very scary and like. You know, the idea of Freddy Krueger is, is scary as a kid, right. but 
the doll, the ch- like to me, I would have said that the Chucky doll was scarier than Freddy Krueger. So interesting at that time. That, that's the thing is, I wonder how many of these horror things are leaky, right? Like Jaws probably could scare you without having seen it. Even, maybe just even hearing about it might have, or just hearing the music might have scared you, especially if you have a fear of sharks, or even if you haven't seen the movie, right? It mm-hmm. could still. Exorcist probably scared people, especially religious people, even if they hadn't seen it, right? Because they're afraid that it's unleashing, I mean, bad luck to the cast and like, yeah, you know, right? There, there's got to be, and there's got, I wonder, and then there's got to be other ones that just absolutely not, right? There's no way you could be scared from afar by the mist. Yeah, I mean, like, without I, watching I remember it. my dad like watching one of the Hellraisers right. and not being like frightened of Pinhead. Interesting. Okay. Like, he, he looked kind of cool. Right. Uh, right, you set, wanted to join a biker gang with him. You didn't yeah, like it. like uh, uh, Jason Voorhees was never really see like, that's different because that was scary as shit to an older generation. But yeah, yeah but like to me, it was right. like he was big, but the hockey had the hockey mask. Right, but like something about the Chucky doll being like the small that's thing, so especially um, like I remember when the trailers for the Bride of Chucky came out, mm-hmm. and he had like all the stitches on his face, mm-hmm. and like yeah, that as he slowly deteriorated. Yeah, that is what like that sent me over. Over the, over the so, nineteen eighty eight for knocking oh. out Child's Play like that 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 is absolutely like and I and I, I feel like I want to give it to some credit to Child's Play like I always kind of like rag on it because it's something I can't get into but like it's also been like a part of my life <laughs> that, that scared the hell out of me for so many years. That is, so the thing is, remember there's a there's a that movie Magic with Anthony Hopkins and that. Mm-hmm is well known as the most terrifying horror commercial ever aired on on TV. If you haven't seen, I mean, it's, it doesn't have the same impact now because we're a lot further along in, yeah. in, in our decline towards the civilization. I think but, <laughs> the decline of Western <laughs> civilization, but it's, you know, at the time it was terrifying, but that idea is particularly scary from afar, like creepy mannequins, creepy puppets, creepy dolls. I think they have, they can punch above their weight. We have opposite experiences of that because I'm exactly the reverse. I remember a lot of people being more scared of child's play than they were of some of the movie, other movies that I would have thought like anyone who would come to me and said like child's play was scarier than Jacob's ladder. I would have thought was insane (laughs) (laughs) because Jacob's ladder is just patently terrifying. Right. Right. But there are people who are more terrified by child's play than Jacob's ladder. And you just explain why and like the case and why that and the fact that it that you just gave me a whole new respect for child's play it's, yeah it's, it's kind of it's kind it's kind of weird you know having it on like one of the monitors while we were playing you know like rocket league or something like that was kind of, it, it was it was kind of fun to look over but then i ended up switching to the elvira special and <laughs> just kind of because commercials i hate can't do commercials. <laughs> just can't. you'd be it'd be like it'd be like a minute and a half of movie and then like here's 12 commercials about <laughs> some pharmaceutical prescription that'll cause you to bleed from your ears and your dick to go, <laughs> to go inverted and you're like i don't want that why would i want that click (laughs) so when did you face your child's play fear when did you first watch do you remember the first time you watched or any of the child's play maybe you didn't watch the first what was the there was one that kind of went on netflix um god it was like the haunted house version of that whichever chucky that is because then afterwards i did the one in the psych ward and I, I sat through both of those, and I was like, "Oof, oof, oof. <laughs> this is not my, not my thing." <laughs> You're like, well, all right. I, I mean, it, it, 
the remake, I we watched together. Yeah, we saw it in the theaters, and, and I and you I were fine. I absolutely right. loved that. No, but I but I wanted to watch the the ones with Brad Dourif. So right. it was whichever one is, has I, I believe it's the one with the the woman in the wheelchair, and I think the one in the hospital where I think it's Brad Dourif's daughter, like okay. in real life. I I think I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, they just. Were, there was a, I, I think, I think age conquered the fear <laughs> more than, that, that makes, more than, that makes so much sense that it would, you know what I mean? Okay. Cause like, you know, a couple of growth spurts, you know, once you, once you, once you're, you know, you're past six what's, feet. Well, yeah. What's your, what's your 20 X the size of Chucky? Yeah. What's, what's your six foot one? You're like, you know what? <laughs> plus, plus, you know, the thing is you always think about how you could kill the monsters. And to me, it's always right. like, just put them in a vault. Right. There's no right. way. Like, it's game over. Or a fucking paper shredder. I mean, <laughs> he's a doll. Okay. <laughs> but, yes. bronze medal. Yeah. All right. Silver medal, Wes Craven. Uh, uh, there are a lot of years that we're going to cover in this series where I'm going to want to give Wes Craven the win, and I'm not quite going to be able to do it. So I'm just going to claim the spot here. You're going to do it with Serpent and Rainbow? Serpent and the Rainbow. Serpent and the motherfucking Rainbow. I'm going to do it with Serpent and the Rainbow. <laughs> I, so... It, it's funny because I think Serpent the Rainbow is a flawed movie that might not age that great, <laughs> right? I think. Let me say that. I think it might be might be heading in the wrong direction, whatever. But um, I give it the win because um, first of all, it's yet another example of how much range Wes Craven was not only naturally born with, but was trying explicitly to have. Like this is a guy who could make, you know, wide swaths of different kinds of movies or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But um, that marketing for Serpent and the Rainbow unsettled me so bad at the time, right? I, I, I The whole don't bury me, I'm not dead. I know it was a little cheesy or whatever, but there's something about it. First of all, we've covered many times on the podcast how much you and I are both... we. There's a lot of fears we don't share. You don't have a lot of problems with heights. I think I do, like whatever. But no, I cried putting Christmas lights on the roof. Oh, okay. My dad was so hanging know. off the side. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, <laughs> man? It's just lights. <laughs> okay, so we share all these, all these fears, but buried alive or all that stuff is 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 one thing. Mm-hmm. Bill Pullman should have been in horror more. He was amazing in Lost Highway. He's amazing in this. Great in Casper. Great in. <laughs> Awesome. I'll tell you, grab him where he can, George. <laughs> that's what happened. That's what grab him, grab him where he can. But it's it's also um, just the fact that um, to try something like this, which was based on a very problematic nonfiction book, um, but to have in your like repertoire Red Eye over here and Serpent in the Rainbow over here and the Scream franchise over here, and to do... So, so the thing is, and the 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 true reason I'm picking this is fucking malignance again. Oh boy, it's time to get up. Gotcha, gotcha, so because gotcha. malignant was trying to do the down and dirty indie, last house on the left, hills have eyes kind of thing, right? That over the top, like whatever, and it just doesn't ring true to me in that case. And Wes Craven could still throw that fastball <laughs> mm-hmm. like at any point of his career. And I think we all know as much as we love John Carpenter, that John Carpenter's greatest skill at this point is either, you know, getting high or playing video games. I'm not sure which, uh, besides the making music part. Right. But it's, he's a, amazing and a legend and one of my favorite directors, but Wes Craven w- was 
stretching himself and throwing fastballs and doing weird franchise cappers like New Nightmare all the way up into the end. And this is just another, it's like a, it's like when they do the tree rings, like when they take the sample out and they're like, mm. we, this is just the, one of the rings in the tree that I love that it's there, right? Even if it's not perfect, even if it's got problems, even whatever, I'm not even rooting for the movie so much as just the idea that someone could go, I want to make a political thriller over here at Red Eye. I want to make a voodoo horror movie over here in this. And I want to save the slasher genre over here with this. And I want to, it's amazing to me. So I, I'm giving him the silver just because. Voodoo's pretty cool. Voodoo is pretty cool, but it's also the. This is one of those things. This was, this was one of those movies where the marketing got me the way the the marketing got some people for the witch, or the marketing got some people Mm -hmm. for, um, you know, some of the. I don't know which more like it comes at night for some reason had great marketing and was a terrible. Oh yeah, I was like a really like kind of scary looking poster too. You're like, oh, what is it coming at night? And you're like, oh. Oh, not a horror movie. Not that's a horror what, movie. That's what's coming. But anyway, um, I'm probably, there's going to be years where. You could bury it like Bill Paul and be like, I'm not a horror movie. I'm not a horror movie. <laughs> then I want to bury it. I want to use that that paralyzing potion to just keep it. Just blow dust in its face. All right, what you got for silver? Uh, by the way, that's a great silver. I want to, that's, I I, I mean, I it's not that. really. I, I just, I, I'm honestly, there are years where. I was looking at. Like, so- Scream 4 is not going to win, even though I love it. Like, I, I'm going to want to give Wes Craven the win that year, but it's, I'm going to find, I don't know, I don't remember what year Scream 4 is. But I'm gonna end up having to pick like you know what you know what. But so like this S- is, Serpent yeah. in the Rainbow is was the mint mint chocolate chip of that year. Like whenever you go to like an ice cream parlor, you're always like, I'm That's definitely it. gonna try this, I'm gonna try that. But then like you just look at like that color green, right? That and you're right. always like, man, I kind of want to get that. But then you're like, no one eats mint chocolate chip. <laughs> I knew two people who had ate mint chocolate chip. Who I've never met anyone who. Eats. Uh, it was my same friend who also ate unsalted pretzels. So funny f- fill story. In the blanks. When the when the pandemic first hit remember that oh yeah march oh yeah you were on a pretzel kick like, weren't you visible i went to vons i think like yeah. remember when oh yeah we were going you had to, to go in hazmat suits and you thought everything you could touch the first time them. i put a mask on i felt like a like a robin a bank at a, yeah at that vons that was at that vons yeah. right um and i everything was gone i mean it was just the emptiest i've ever seen uh, uh which is sad i mean yeah but uh there, there was plenty of mint chocolate chip ice cream though in the freezer. It was like two kinds of ice cream. There was plain vanilla and mint chocolate chips. I, I, I remember seeing like that. Vons came in clutch because I remember um, who's the the lady that wrote the Monster Squad uh, book, Heather Will, Will Wilkinson Wilcox. Uh, anyways, come to me. I remember she was like, I can't find any meat, and I was like, I felt like I felt like the dude in like the spy movies in the trench come like, Psh, like in the parking like. Go to the Vons on Glendale <laughs> Avenue, and you'll find yourself some carne asada. <laughs> like, <laughs> that really, they did, that they really did come through clutch. You're right. Yeah. They did have some things. Yeah, that was had that was the place. That was the place to to hit it up. So, all right. Well, second that that that's actually my second place is the Vons on Glendale Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Covered Glendale Avenue. Okay, so my silver is actually people who won gold. Probably won the gold. In eight, they probably gone. won the gold in '89 when the uh, when the Oscars were held. Uh, but uh, I, uh, it's so weird when you put in while doing the research. I was like horror movies, 1988. Beetlejuice does not show up. Weird. Yeah, 
but you do you do movies in 1988 and Beetlejuice comes up. Yeah, uh, okay. It's very very weird because I definitely consider Beetlejuice like in the horror. I can movie. see. I, I consider horror too, but I I can see. I get it. So, right. I can see why it's not, but right. All right. So I'm giving it to Steve Laporte, V. Neal, and Robert Short for their Oscar. For if they would end up going on to win the Oscar for the makeup and effects. And I love this series. I love because you're blowing blowing my mind right now i did not expect you to say this and i love this choice yeah no well i was i was looking at it and i was like well <clears throat> you know we a lot of the times when we're talking about horror movies in certain years they're never oscar contenders right let alone oscar winners right. Right. <laughs> and i was like there's no way we talk about this year and not That's like their way. their work plus it's such an iconic like Look, the Beetlejuice totally. look, and every—I mean, everything's look in Beetlejuice is weird, yep. and amazing, and fun to look at. But it's so well done. You could time capsule that shit, and a thousand years from now, when humans have ten eyes and are seeing in two hundred D, it's still gonna look great. Yeah, like I, it, what's funny is there. There's some movies that like feel like the year they came out like we were just talking about dawn of the dead before right. we came up here and we're like it definitely feels and For looks sure. like it came out in the 70s Pumpkinhead does. yeah oh yeah, pump pumpkin head feels the same feels way like ladies movie sure. um what's interesting about this year i feel like um because i did get to check out parts of the blob which mm. there's a lot of like funny parts in the blob i didn't expect. there are um there are scenes from the blob that don't feel like they're from that year like they're they're, they're but there's but there's a but there's a lot of scenes because like i grew up watching beetlejuice and i had no idea i always thought beetlejuice growing up came after batman for some reason ah, okay. i don't know why because i was born in 91 and that you know by the time i was able to like you know comprehend movies like batman sure. returns and all that other shit was out sure. but like i always thought beetlejuice juice was a more recent movie in his work and when right. i found out that it was 88 like before batman right and before uh, you know, he had came up with the characters for Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't date. Like, you no. know, there, 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 there's there are some things, but I think overall, like when you when you get like a bird's eye view and you look at it, like, well, yeah, of course. Anytime you're portraying people living a life, there's going to be things that kind of set them in that time period. But it it feels mythological. Yeah, it feels like something that. You know, it's just well. It's funny because Michael the time part isn't important. I was I was listening to Michael Keaton talk about. I think he was talking about this on Mark Maron's podcast a long time ago, and I think it was during this interview where he was talking about uh, trying to figure out the character of Beetlejuice, mm -hmm. and so he had like a wardrobe rack from like the studio or the production company or whatever. And he would just grab a piece of clothing from like different decades because he realized that Beetlejuice is a man from every time. Amazing. And it stands the test amazing. of time. Because... That's amazing. Isn't that wild? That's such a good thing to know. Um, Damn. And also, also like there's, there's little touches on like the Beetlejuice makeup itself that like really sets apart. Like my favorite, it's, it, this is so weird. Like out of the whole Beetlejuice look, the thing that I always look at whenever we're watching it is just like the green the moss. Yeah, the, gonna, yeah. Yes. Totally. I was just, How cool of a I was touch say is the that? Same thing. Totally. And the fact that you and I are thinking the same thing at the same time is a testament to how well they did it. Right? Yeah. So I literally was like, he's going to say moss. Yeah, right. no, like it just just touches like that. Totally. I think are just so genius. So there's there's I had to give the silver award to the gold winners. You paused before you said it. I wonder how many listeners this episode are gonna fill it in before you say it with with <laughs> moss or grass or green or green mold or like it's 
It's so good. Yeah, and what's funny is, um, I, I, I guess uh, V. Neal was also, um, I, I guess she was either a judge or a guest judge on the side. They had that sci-fi show where they did VFX makeup. Yeah, and like even my sister, um, who she can't go through like a haunted maze without crying. Like she's a very big, big scaredy cat. Uh, when we told, uh, I showed her the photo of Garen with V and her Oscar, mm-hmm. and. She was like, oh, my God, I love her. I love all this work. And so, like, they won the Oscar gold. They stood the test of time. Michael Keaton stood the test Michael of time. Michael Keaton stood, stood the test of time. Tim Burton stood the test of, of 15 years. <laughs> I, was wondering, I was wondering where the jab was on, the, on that one. Uh, so I, I, I felt pretty good about giving that. Oh, totally. The, the, the I'm, I'm amazed it's not the gold. I'm, now I'm excited to hear what you're My gold is, is, is interesting. Uh, and I this is this is this was interesting. I'm jealous of that answer. That's a great. Well, yeah, I actually was watching an interview with V. Neal uh, before you came over because she also did like Ed Wood and a bunch of other stuff. Incredible. And. You know, it, that's it's just that's just a makeup artist who like I really haven't like gotten to like dive into like their world, right? Um, and like now I'm like super interested. Like that's all gonna, that's probably gonna be doing like the rest of the weekend. <laughs> just like her and that team. Like what else are these guys yeah, like, going to do? Awesome. Pretty I, killer stuff. I love it. I love and I love it. And Edward Scissor's hands is the same way. I mean, I even though there are some things that look like a time period, I think it's just gonna sail through time. There's a movie called Russian Ark. About oh, yeah, the yeah, Hermitage yeah. Museum in uh, Saint Petersburg, and or whatever it's called now, and it. Um, if you're a it, film student, there's a week where people just go, "Oh, did you see Russia? <laughs> they did it all in one take." And you're like, "They didn't really do it in one take. I mean, it looked like they did a bunch of takes." Yes, but the the I always wondered why it was called Russian Ark, and the reason is because they they think of the Hermitage Museum as an ark. Like Noah's Ark that sails, but it sails through time. Whoa! With valuables inside of it, like two of the best paintings, two of the best sculptures, two of the best. It's like an ark, but through time, and it always stuck with me. What a cool idea that was, right? And I feel like Beetlejuice is sailing through time <laughs> for sure, which is really yeah. And which, you got that Michael Keaton which quote really to, cool. to back yeah, it up. Yeah, totally. All right, but the actual winner. <laughs> of horror <laughs> in 1988 is Clive Barker. Ooh, Clive fucking Barker. I I didn't know this was happening. I knew pieces of it, but I went back and looked and I didn't realize all this was happening at the time. But Clive Barker, it seems, I, I may get some of this and they're probably people who are more knowledgeable about it than me. So if there's anything, just message us and correct this later. But the, the way I understand this is that he sort of intended to direct the follow-up to Hellraiser. It came literally the year after Hellraiser. It came fast. I was. It's funny. I was just re-watching Joe Blow's video about the production of Hellraiser 2 before he came over. It got greenlit while Hellraiser was in post-production. The so studio, the studio wow. knew right. that it was going to be so good, and he couldn't wow. juggle everything. So then he hired. Um, I, I forget. Right. The guy's well, name wait. Now. So here, here. So watch this. So, but he right. He was too busy. But he, why was he too busy? He was too busy because he had obligations to finish his short novel, Cabal, and his promised screenplay. So Cabal was going to be published in Books of Blood, Volume 6, which was the most influential book of horror short stories that wasn't Stephen King at its time. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, if, if it wasn't 
Peter Straub, but I don't think so because I think he mainly did long form work. And then um, that Cabal turns into Nightbreed, and the screenplay is we're gonna turns into Lord of Illusions. This guy <laughs> is doing the most original work in horror, and he's too busy creating more of the most original work of horror over here wow. to work on the follow up to the one over here. And the fact that they were able to take a sequel that was so like a what do they call this in theater they call it a chamber piece where it's basically one or two rooms you can do it low budget right it's not there's not a lot of set like whatever mm-hmm. um because hellraiser people all they remember is the cenobites who aren't in it very much and all the weird perversity and whatever but it's a lot of just people in rooms yeah there, right um they did the 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 strange. We were just talking about how great the Blob was as a remake and compared to the original. But to take this dirty, like very claustrophobic, brutal piece, and to keep the spirit of it, but to also event horizon it mm-hmm. and have it look amazing at the same time, and to do all that, and that's just. One of the three or four spells Clyde Barker was casting Golly. simultaneously at the same time. He was like Emperor Palpatine in Return of the Jedi falling <laughs> down the shaft, just throwing out lightning bolts of greatness in every direction. <laughs> he wasn't missing. Right? It was incredible. Like it's, and so just from that, I find all of what was going on there amazing. But on a personal note, I'm choosing it as the gold because um, – and, I, you know, as horror fans or genre fans or movie fans in general, whatever, um, I think we all got to admit that we're wrong sometimes, right? Like, we're, And mm-hmm. I did not like Hellraiser as a franchise as a kid. And I thought Hellraiser 2 was goofy as shit from afar. I had never watched it full as a, as a kid. I loved Hellraiser, but Hellraiser 2 was too strange for me, which is weird because I loved Phantasm. And it feels like there's some phantasm DNA in there. But going back, every time I rewatch this movie, it gets better. It yeah. just gets better. It's amazing how much they did with how little they had to, to work it. Um, I have great memories of watching it with you and reviewing it with you. But I just went and rewatched a chunk of it before this to see, if can I really pick this as the gold? And the just the exquisite weirdness dude it's got it. one of the most badass lines ever. which one uh god i forget the doctor's name but it's right after he turns in gets transformed into a cinnabite mm-hmm. and then he has that line where he's like and to think i hesitated yes that's the most hellraiser line oh yes ever and it's the most punk rock line i i love that like i remember like we were watching that with joe bob on or, uh, on the when he the yep. last drive-in yep. and when he said that that line, you're just like, "Oh, that guy's not here to fuck around." <laughs> like, totally, he's really not. Totally, but also, um, the Christy is 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 really an interesting character. Julia, um, so first of all, she doesn't she, her relationship with Frank changes. She she gets more powerful, but then mm-hmm. the way she dies is the weirdest. Fuck, she's basically snake skin death yeah. like whatever so all that whatever but and then also i'm just coming off the buzz of i really enjoyed the 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 candy man whatever we're calling this you know it's uh, like a sequel sequel right but um one of the reasons i really like candy man is it, you know 
Invi- Invisible Man's a good example of this. Invisible Man's a great horror movie to me, the the newest one. Um, but and there's a lot of things that are really fun to look at. But if if I was gonna if I had to randomly, if you were gonna randomly do a wheel of spin of wheel of fortune and pick five stills from one of these movies, and I was gonna have to live looking at it on my wall for a year, right? Um, I would pick Revenge, Shutter's Revenge, mm-hmm. over um, Invisible Man because a lot of Invisible Man looks boring to me, right? Candyman, even if it's I don't, it's, uh, I think even if it's got flaws, or even if you didn't like it, or even if your your allegiance is all to the original, or whatever, it's just palpably a gorgeous movie there's yeah. gorgeous scenes it starts gorgeous the visuals are gorgeous right and um there are scenes in this movie that i forget i forgot that fucking julia comes back uh and she's skinless but she's living in the whitest apartment i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah which is the most randomly it's literally the most perversely place to put a person mm-hmm. Who's skinless is like here's an all white. <laughs> I was I was horrified just from like where are you gonna move? What are you gonna do? Like, for a second, I, my brain couldn't comprehend why we're even standing here. But there's imagery there that looks as good as Candyman on probably like one hundredth of the budget. I didn't look it up, but just I mean, just an incredible accomplishment for what it is. And that's only like one quarter of what Clive Barker was up to. The Hellraiser arc. Just traveling. Everyone's traveling with everyone's traveling through time. Everyone's traveling through time. On this episode. So I I'm giving Clive the gold well deserved because mm-hmm. he's a genius and um I, I'm blown away by the fact that I first of all I had misassessed the the whole Hellraiser franchise, but Hellraiser two especially, um, and then also the fact that it's it's it it was able to to keep what was good in its predecessor and expand it. That's the hardest yeah. thing to do when you're trying to do something like that, right? And it did it so successfully. Gold. All right. What well, my got? my gold. Uh, Hellraiser two, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, it's it's very close. Okay. It's it's so my my that would be great though. No, I mean it kind of is though. Oh, like, I'm not jo- okay. like I'm not joshing. I'm okay. being serious. Yeah, like so, my my number one playlist. I was originally going to go with uh, funeral homes for the service of remake suck <laughs> for, for, because that is cause, great because the blob and actually what's what's interesting is remakes and sequels. Yeah, remakes, horror fans yeah. all pretend to hate, yeah. but there are good. This ones, year knocks right. both of them out, and the '80s alone knocked it out with uh, the Fly and the Thing. So right. you have the Fly, the Thing, the Bob being oh my God, Blob right. being remakes. Right, the Bob that'd be a scary movie. Um, it would if it was a Twin Peaks. Uh, so I, I was trying to wig or trying to. Uh, uh, make that my number one, but uh, in reality, it's uh, my Halloween playlist. Okay, maybe. So the soundtrack for Hellraiser two, uh, it was. So two things came to mind: one, Danny Elfman, yes. and the other one, Christopher Young, who did yeah. who did Hellraiser one and yep. and two. And it's crazy, man. This is your real choice. This is my this is my real awesome. choice. This is my, my I know, all the movies because I love a lot of the horror movies here. The fact that you and I land in the same place, yeah, the, the, it's, and neither of us like Hellraiser growing up. Is yeah, awesome. And that's that's the thing is, uh, you know, my my list starts with a character in a franchise I didn't like that I have a lot of respect for because it scared me, and then it's ending with the, with the same thing. Like I, no but shit. the difference it's... is I genuinely do love the Hellraiser, right? Uh, at least the first two. Yep. 
a lot. Like, yeah. like, like, yeah, like I don't, I've, like, I've watched, I don't love any of the other ones. Like, I've watched a lot of the behind the scenes. I, I watched, watched some of Hell, Hellraiser three, but I'm, I, you know, I, I wish the franchise was smaller, frankly. Well, we're getting the remake from the guy who did Halloween, which, right. which I, would be good. I hope it's good. I was actually it's so funny. I was rewatching scenes from Halloween twenty eighteen, Nightmare on Elm Street twenty ten, mm-hmm. just to see like, like, you know what 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 really went wrong and. Uh, oh shit! Where am I going with this? Basic, basic, basically, I'm now a little worried about Hellraiser being done by the Halloween guy, and I'm the most optimistic person. Like you are in the, I, but I still think I still think you're underselling Halloween 18, 2018. I feel like you did when we first saw it. I know. You came around for a minute. You know what though? You're I, still but, underselling. I'm open to the fact that Halloween Kills will not be good. It, it's possible, but I still think Halloween 2018 is really well done. But it's also if, part of a trilogy. If Hellraiser remake is as good as that, I feel like I dodged a bullet at least. But here's the thing: Hellraiser, all all things what David Gordon Green, David mm-hmm. Green, all he has to do is just get Christopher Young. Right. I'm telling you. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, so I love posting. There's a post I like to do every Halloween. Where it's like, hey, let's make a Halloween playlist. Post yeah. your favorite thing, and it usually yeah. gets a thousand comments. People like to add their thing, and then sure. I post the Hollow Weekly. Uh, Spotify playlist because it's got like over, in like, the Facebook group. Yeah, in it if you're not there, and follow the Hollow Weekly's horror playlist on Halloween. Uh, it's got like 11 followers, and I was like, oh, oh more now. <laughs> but it's on Spotify. I'm like, I didn't even have Spotify had followers for for shit like that. Good so point. it was kind of cool. Eleven um, lucky number. But I was looking at uh, listening to like other horror scores mm-hmm. because. You know, a lot of it is like a lot of like the '60s novelty Halloween kind of songs, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And then, and then you put in, you know, John Carpenter. There's a handful of like horror, some monster mash, or some tubular bells, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Right. There's a lot of a lot of stuff like that. And I was like, there's got to be more movie scores that I could put in there. And it's funny we were talking about creepy dolls, and I put in the Dead Silence soundtrack mm-hmm. in there, and it's good, not great. Okay. And so then I listen to I, I also have some soundtrack or some uh, scores um, from like Scream Two. And you're talking standalone, like the Dead Silence, because it's not like you watched the Dead Silence to judge the music. You just played the music. Yeah, I just I was just you're not, I was just typing in horror you, movies. You're not judging the music by how it what it does for the scene visually. Just listening to just, it. Just listen, right? Yeah. And so that, right. so it's interesting. There's there's so I I, I had don't, some songs from Don't Breathe in there. I had some tunes from, I believe, Scream Two, okay. um, and they're not those. Those ones aren't bad. Um, the Mummy was probably the the closest thing that I could listen to, to where you could at, listen to the music and sort of get it. Okay. But like what, like what are they trying to convey? Like what are they okay. trying to make you feel? Like there's a song that's just called Imhotep, and like you sort of get you get that idea right it's john williams you know how you're supposed to feel right yeah now, yeah right? you get the right. you get the idea right and a lot of these soundtracks to me don't really do it like right. like a lot of them are usually scary to be scary right. or they're creepy to be creepy right or they're there there's something that me personally can't put my my finger on but the hellraiser mm-hmm. soundtrack when i listen to it I can, without even thinking of like the images of hell and Hellraiser, I could my brain automatically fills in my own personal hell, like what I would oh, envision, That's really cool. like a land of just like you know lava and fire and wow. torture and shit like that. Right. Like it's sort of it's sort you of you play your little event horizon reel in your head as you're listening. Yeah, to wow, it, it does that to me, and 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 it, and it does it differently every time. That's so cool. You know, 
it, it does it differently every single time. And it almost kind of reminds me of like the feelings I got when I would play like Diablo two or Diablo three or something mm-hmm. that like, like it really does something different. So it's super evocative. That's, yes. That's and, awesome. and, and it's one of those things like after we watched, uh, Hellraiser, uh, two with, uh, on, on the last drive in, like I remember sitting in bed that night and I went to Spotify and I remember listening to the, the, the soundtrack mm-hmm. and, uh, there's just something different about that soundtrack that stands out to almost everything else. The only thing that competes with that uh, would be Danny Elfman and the Beetlejuice score. Right, of course. But those, but those but are the all... fact that they, they're even in the same conversation is a miracle for the Hellraiser too, because Danny Elfman's a juggernaut, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a, ju- exactly, exactly. a juggernaut. But what's but it, what's interesting about those two, like those are the first scores that came to mind. Before you came over, I was trying to be like, well, what's the score for the Blob? Right. And I couldn't find anything, but I, was, I had to get set up, so I, I couldn't really find anything. And I was like, trying to look at all these other movies. Dude, I get it. I so get it. the only Keep other thing, because I got to find some freeway. The, the only other score that would have came close, funny enough, rounding up my list, would have been the Child's Play score. Because that one actually, you 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 get it, and I that that's the phrase I have to use is like you just get it, like when you hear it, you understand what this story is, um, and then but the fourth place they would be the Dickies and with their song that they did for uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, just because oh, it has yeah, that yeah. electric electric guitar going, dun, 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 <laughs> you know, and like that's just, that's just fun. That's awesome. I I am so excited that you chose this. I I it is my favorite thing that has happened for this podcast a while because that that is to me it makes first of all it makes so much sense for you right but it also you know we were talking in in i forget which episode but we were talking in a previous episode about um uh masters of horror and in cigarette burns um that there's a killer movie it's basically a killer movie it drives you insane when you watch it right the fact that you this is what horror fans would want, right? It, you, it, what you would want is you would want a movie that makes you film a horror movie in your head while you're mm-hmm. hearing it, right? But that almost never happens. It either just gives you the image. Like when I hear tu- tubular bells, I don't independently create a horror movie in my head. I see stairs, yeah, <laughs> right? And that's cool. That's great. You see, what, you, what you should see is a 45-minute experimental album released in 1970. <laughs> <laughs> But the fact that this is doing that for you is just my favorite thing. I am so excited that you chose this. I I love this answer. That's the true gold. So the Blob is pretty legendary for having an incredibly goofy theme song, the original Blob. And I'm trying to find it while you're talking. Oh, they sing it. The dumb, the Blob, the Blob. Yeah, yeah, it's on the playlist. Beware of the blob. Yeah, it's on the Halloween playlist, brother. <laughs> I've been bopping to that for the past <laughs> couple days. That's amazing. But the fact that the fact that we had the because I to be honest with you, I there's a lot of great horror movies in this year. Um, it's a weird year though. It's not like um, it's all filled with top yeah, because it's stuff. like Halloween there's four, some strange nightmare right, four, right? Totally, right? There's some because right because. Because there's other Halloween sequels that are better than four, and there's other, you know, I mean, Phantasm Two might be the best sequel in that series. It's arguable, but a lot of these aren't the best entries in their franchises that mm-hmm. are happening this year. Even if we have positive emotional attachments or good memories of them, or there's great things in them, but they're 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 spotty, right? Right. But 
it's 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 blowing my mind that I I started this thinking I was gonna go with the Blob. I I really appreciate that remake. I I love watching it every time. Every time I've come across it on television, I've not been able to walk away from it. Right. Right. So just in terms of pure enjoyment, sometimes we try to pick what we think is the best. We're trying to like, you know, get the right answer. Like you're putting your pressure on yourself as like a reviewer or whatever. And I was like, you know, fuck, I'm just going to pick the one I love the most. Right. Because the blob was the one. And by the time I was done rewatching my Chuck of Hellraiser 2, I'm like, no, this is the most fun. This is what totally won me over, totally changed right. where I was headed, right? And the fact that the Blob's heritage is this music and the Hellraiser 2 is your final choice <laughs> and that these music are so different is just so great. I love where this ended. Yeah, no, it's, 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 that's a, it's an interesting place to end it because, you know, 10, you know, not even 10 years ago, like three years ago. If you were like, right. uh, you know, well, actually, but whenever we, because we did a review of Hellraiser, whenever that was, year before that, mm-hmm. if you were like, Nick, uh, you're going to really love the Hellraiser, at least Hellraiser 1 and 2, and you're going to become uh, deeply interested in the lore behind everything and the behind the scenes of how it was all made, I'd be like, probably not. <laughs> nah. Right. Don't, no, no way in hell. Totally. No way in hell. No, and if you had told me we were recording an episode heading into October... And we were picking whatever. I probably would have thought I would pick Pumpkinhead because it's the one I associate most with Halloween season out of these, you know, mixes or combinations that isn't Halloween 4, which mm-hmm. is not my favorite. I actually weirdly like the Halloween 6 producers got way more than Halloween 4. So it's not even my favorite sequel in that block of, you know, 4, 5, 6 or whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 my mind is blown and I love it. And I just instantly want to go listen to that music while I'm walking home because it's dark. I'll, I'll freak myself out. It'll be great. I'm gonna... Dude, you need to do what I do. And like, so I'll put that, the hollow weekly, hollow weekly's horror playlist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And when you're walking behind someone to the Halloween theme, like it, it feels really cool. Cause you're like, <laughs> you're like, Oh man, it's kind of scary. But in reality, they're probably hearing me breathe through my nose like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, who the? They're having a whole different experience. Yeah, they're like, there's some gross dude behind me who can't breathe walking up a slight incline. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that is awesome. But but that, to your point, definitely go find that on Spotify or. Wherever yeah, I mean, right. check it out. I I when I actually I, it'll I can I can look it up right here. There's I was trying to hit a certain threshold of like our, oh yeah it's right here, eleven likes. Uh, what's funny is is it has like all these like different like scores and like you know 60s kind of novelty songs like napoleon whatever they're coming to take me away mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but like the posters that it put up top was nightmare before christmas the descendants which is a disney channel show and then mickey's monster bash so when you look at it it looks like a kid's playlist so it's very deceiving it's very deceiving, <laughs> very deceiving. but it has a, suck you in. Yeah, yeah but it's got a uh 14 hours and 37 minutes of uh this playlist i hope you don't have some of the stuff that i that we love together or i love on this list the transition from the descendant song to like chronos quartet black angels will be terrifying no i can actually i can actually tell you there are there is i actually i need to add the philip glass chronos quartet dracula stuff but there will not be what's that one song like black angels, black angels. yeah that, yeah that, no like that, that that's good. not good because that would be like no, because that could be fun. But no, because be, I wanted to have it be like you want to be enjoyable. Yeah, enjoyable. Right, and that you want to walk is, behind people, make them think you have COVID. You, you're enjoying your. You don't want to have to listen to Black Angels while you're doing that. Yeah, right? because then they'll turn around and they'll see that I've fallen from a heart attack. 
and that's that's not fun for anyone. So right. so Threnody for Hiroshima is not on our playlist. Okay, that's not this one. Not this one. I'll do I'll do the Hollow Weekly's Heart Attack playlist and put. Well, this was awesome. I I want other people to give us their winners um, in horror. Come to the Facebook page, uh, message it, and I'll reshare it on the page. Uh, or yeah, let us or know. Comment, let us know who won, and let me know if it, you update me. I love our updates now. This is the only time I find out because I never look about our reviews. Well, we did crack. <laughs> we did crack fifty. Great, finally, thank God. Yeah, I can retire. So. All right, no, because now our <laughs> no. next goal, oh, stretch goal, fifty-one. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, Is I want to make it easy. That's how you do it in in archery. They say you aim way above the bullseye. So, well, I was thinking about uh, what was that <laughs> that the the Japanese camp where they had American soldiers in World War II, and they would make them run to death. Oh God! And you were saying you were telling me about oh, that. the baton death march. Yeah, the right, baton right. death march where the there was go- no camp, no one made it to the camp. <laughs> it, was so, the <laughs> it was the march. It was the march. It was the problem. But you, you you were telling me that guys who were like, I got to get back home. I feel like they were thinking long term, they would die. But the guys would be like, Oh, I just got to make it to that pole. I got to make it to that tree. Yeah, that was there was a guy in the book they were interviewing. It was really chilling, and he had said, he said he basically said. The people who I was walking with, who because if you made one mistake, you were in trouble, right? If you stepped in a puddle and now your foot, foot is cold and now in nighttime it's going to drop to 31 degrees and your foot's going to freeze into a block of ice, mm-hmm. you had to watch where you're going, not get injured. It was your only chance. And he was like, there were all people around me and they were like, I got to make it home. I got to make it home to my wife. I got to make it home to my kid. He was like, they were the first people to go. It was the people who were like, there's seven trees. I got to make it to that seventh tree. Now I got to make it to that hill. Now I got to make it right. That they were the ones who made it, who thought that way. Well, not to steal from their story too much, but uh, fifty-one reviews. With <laughs> oh my <laughs> God! Worst analogy. <laughs> yeah, this is took, took a sharp turn. Yeah. Anyways, someone be that tree and be the fifty-one. <laughs> be, the <tree. laughs> be the tree. Oh my God! Hey, listen, man. I don't know how to get out of this one. I'm I, not, I'm all, I'm I really awful. don't. So we just gotta we just gotta <laughs> dive. We just gotta jump in and make it happen, man. So be the tree. Yeah, but we would we appreciate it because I. You see them all, and then you tell me about them in this moment. So you're gonna in real time. I'll get to enjoy if there's any more. Well, we'll find out next week when we do our next episode. We, see if yeah. We, and also, no one took me up on this. We I did get some messages and responses about who won 2005, which I really appreciate. We had some really interesting conversations. We should actually do a part of an episode where we play some of that, where we talk about some of what the responses are, because people are doing interesting voting. Oh, yeah. But no one took me up on suggesting what year we should do next. So I'll try one more time. Ooh. I would love for someone out there to Maybe just we'll come do to the page message and yeah, and, yeah. And have us get, even give us a, if we if we get four or five suggestions, we'll just run them as a poll in the group and we'll pick the winner. Yeah, so we'll just go run that'd be there. super fun because it it, it it I like being taken by surprise and you know some of these we're I'm, we're gauging right we're, mm. we're like we're not going to do that year because the winner's obvious but we're and if someone gives a suggestion and we're forced by the poll to do a year that I think is going to be whatever, but it might turn out to be amazing. And that'll be uh, the best. The only way to do is to do anyway, it. All right, cool. Be the be, tree. Be it. Be the tree. Talk to you guys later. Stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Cause it's this actually, this episode it's will time. be releasing on like October 1st. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's go time. It's go time. All right. I love it. Be the tree. <laughs> Bye guys.